From The Addict's Guide to the Universe, A Roadmap to Recovery, by Emily Sussman. Chapter 5, Addict versus True Self. Over the last few chapters, I've been talking a lot about that scuzzball, your addict. Are you starting to get a good picture of him or her? Good, because the more you can see him for who he is, the better. Maybe your addict has scaly skin and beady eyes. Maybe he talks all slick and smooth like a timeshare salesman. Maybe he has a menacing mechanical hand like Dr. Claw from Inspector Gadget. Personally, I think of my addict as a spider nesting right at the top of my head. If I choose to feed her, she'll grow to ten times her size. She'll wrap her long legs around my skull like a vice, shooting her sticky addict web straight through my synapses. She'll hijack my thoughts, manipulate my feelings, and squeeze the life out of me in one super spider stranglehold. It's pretty gross as far as metaphors go, but that's the point. You already knew your addict isn't pretty. The even bigger point is this. Your addict isn't you. In psychotherapy, we call this externalization, thinking of a problem as something outside ourselves and giving it a name. As a therapist, I love using this concept because it's so much more approachable for people to solve a problem when they don't feel like they are the problem. When we externalize a problem, it becomes something we can deal with. Your particular problem isn't a something, but a someone. Yes, your addict has a whole personality unto himself. Case in point, the predictable way your addict handles problems. Spoiler alert, he's terrible with problems. He'll think and think and stew and stew over a problem forever, totally intent on not asking for help, support, or perspective from anyone. Before long, the problem reaches massive proportions. It begins to feel utterly unsolvable. It gets worse. In the midst of all that stewing and obsessing over the problem, your addict will see to it that you start associating yourself with the problem. So closely, in fact, that the problem begins to meld with your identity. You begin to believe that the problem is inseparable from you. Now comes the part where your addict buries the problem, dreading any contact with that awful, unsolvable part of you. And since you're so awful and unsolvable, now you're ashamed of who you are. A piece of shit addict who can't solve his own problems, am I right? I think it goes without saying that most problems approached in this fashion, including addiction itself, tend to go unsolved. But why bother solving problems when your addict is ready and waiting with an easy remedy to help you feel better? You know what I'm talking about. Easy, yes but with a side of catastrophic consequences. So let's look at your biggest problem, your addict personality. Like any other personality, your addict has basic programming, a collection of thoughts, behaviors, and attitudes that play out in predictable ways. Personalities have a function. They're hardwired to repeat themselves to produce a desired result, survival. At least most of the time. Here's where your addict's personality goes off the rails. He isn't geared towards your well-being and survival. His only aim 
is perpetuating your addictive cycle. He's a clever beast, your addict. By pelting the real you with the perfect storm of triggers, bad attitudes, and defense mechanisms, he ensures he gets fed. And he gets job security in his position running your life like a very crooked, very unstable CEO. Now let's talk about how your addict came to be and who he had to maim, kill, or seduce to get to where he is today. Let's start with the day your addict was born, which I'll liken to a water birth. That's because your addict started out like one of those little capsules kids put in water, the ones that immediately expand into a giant sponge shaped like a Tyrannosaurus Rex. There's no way to get the T-Rex back in the capsule again, is there? That's kind of what happened with you and your addictive drug, drink, or behavior of choice. You had a taste of it, and it did a good thing for you. By that I mean, it either enhanced your sense of pleasure, or helped you avoid pain, or both. Then your poor, gullible limbic system, the part of your brain that controls motivation and emotion, geared up to find ways to recreate that experience. Because man, remember how good that feeling was? Remember how it helped you get pleasure and avoid pain? From there, your addict grew up big and strong. Get ready for a medley of metaphors here, because they all apply. He's a vacuum, and like all vacuums, he seeks to fill himself. He's a tapeworm inside you, whose appetite keeps getting bigger and bigger. But mostly, your addict is a leech in need of a host feeder to supply and protect him. That's where you come in. Your true self, that is. Your true self is a golden egg nestled deep within you, fragile and precious. It contains the best of you, all your potential. It's got all the light, love, and laughter you can bring to others. All the strengths, passions, and capabilities you've been genetically programmed to bring into the world. Your true self is a brilliant and beautiful thing. He has values based on what's most important to him. He understands that reaching out to others and having meaningful relationships brings richness and joy to life. Your true self wants so much to connect, to contribute, to love, to live. Close your eyes now, if you will, and take a deep breath from the bottom of your being. See if you can summon him. Is your true self banging his fists just below the surface of your addict, clamoring to get out from under his staggering weight? Or is he just a faint voice echoing somewhere within, singing sad songs of love and longing? Maybe you don't hear or feel him at all. That's okay. Over the years, your addict may have done a bang-up job of subverting your true self. He strangled him into submission, virtually silencing all that natural-born love, talent, and optimism. But that doesn't mean he's not there. I have a hunch, in fact, that your true self is the one who picked out this book. He wants to live, and he knows there's still so much to live for. That's why, no matter how big and badass your addict gets, you still feel the emotional tugging of your true self. He still cries out pitifully like an orphan puppy. But at a certain point, he just kind of gave up and retreated to a corner, paws over his eyes. He can't bear to look at the shitstorm of destruction your addict is wreaking on your life. 
but he still knows exactly what's going on. You know that feeling well, the inner conflict between your addict and your true self. It's called shame. Your addict loves shame because he knows you'll do anything to make it go away. You'll feed him like a king, hungering for just those few moments of relief. In the meantime, your true self is getting crushed under that fat cat, your addict. He's literally dying for a way out. So here's the first thing we're going to have to do. Starve him.